Good evening, everybody. This is Corey Hutchinson. Welcome to the first episode of this podcast, Conversations with Corey. I'm very excited to have everybody listening, and um, I just want to kind of give a layout of how this is going to go. I used to host this on the radio. I quit doing that and uh, got busy with other things, but I really thought it was uh, it was a good program. It was a good platform to talk about local government and uh, branch out into other issues too, but especially things that are local. I will talk about national politics and, and things of that nature, mainly because it's what I'm interested in, and it's very important, of course. But I want to talk a lot about local government. I feel like it's extremely important to know the local ins and outs, what's going on around you, because those are decisions made by those elected officials that affect your daily life, sometimes even more than what's done at state level or the federal level. So in conversations with Corey, I will uh, give about 20 minutes or so of, of reports and my opinions and my take on things, and then I'll use the last few minutes to really just kind of give my view on a pressing issue and, and things that I feel strongly about. Um, I hope to have some guests on at some points in time, and I just want to share with everybody that occasionally I may invite people who I don't agree with so that we can have a debate, because I think that's a healthy thing to do and to really branch out and kind of show everybody what's going on. Anyway, Conversations with Corey, uh, we will do one podcast every Tuesday, and if stuff goes on that I feel like I want to add some more in there or we're doing a special event, I'll let everybody know and and do that also. Um, I hope to have a Facebook page specifically for this podcast up very soon, and um, it'll be available wherever you get your podcasts. And as we get it going, this is the first episode, so welcome all, and thank you so much. If you want to reach me at any time to sound off on this, find me at Corey Hutchinson on Facebook or Corey Hutchinson at Outlook.com. Feel free to contact me with your opinions or questions, comments. You want to have a topic discussed, you want to be on the podcast, feel free to reach out. Uh, outside, <clears throat> excuse me, outside of that, I want to state uh, that uh, opinions expressed in this podcast are mine and mine alone and are not representative of anyone else or anyone else's thoughts. They are mine and my alone, and they are opinions. Now, I want to uh, talk about the first thing here as we talk about the um, local news. City of Northport, this is big. It just came out um, today, right before this recording. There has been a huge debacle with the West Village's and a specific group within the West Villages Improvement District that has wanted to de-annex from the city of Northport. And I just want to give a little bit of background on this. This started a number of months ago, um, a group of West Villagers and, uh, in the Improvement District wanted to essentially de-annex from the city of Northport. They did not believe that the Northport government was spending their tax money wisely, they felt as though the taxes that they pay to the city of Northport, all of them, you know, in excess of $1,000 a year, at least, were um, not to the best use of, of money for those residents. So they wanted to de-annex. And essentially, that would be removing that group of properties from the city of Northport into Sarasota County. So they would be Sarasota County residents still, but no longer residents of any municipality within the county. You would still have Sarasota County tax, school board tax, but you would have no city tax. 
and they hoped that they would save money doing that and not essentially be um, a, a party to the, the city's irresponsible spending. That's what I gather from their, their motion. I actually met with um, the West Villagers for Responsible Government when I was running for Sarasota County Commission. And I, you know, they're good people. Whether you disagree or agree with what they're doing or not, you know, they're not, they're not bad people. They're good people. And one of the things that I hope comes out of this whole legal battle, which is what it's, which is what it's becoming, is that I hope people look at it with an open mind and a lens of, of what the law is and that, you know, you just take it fact-based and, and kind of set the emotion to the side of it. I hope that's what people gain from all this. Anyway, um, moving on, the uh, West Villagers for Responsible Government filed a um, petition to the city of Northport. They got the legally required amount of signatures to bring it to a commission meeting. It was a quasi-judicial hearing, and essentially they asked the city of Northport to grant them the de-annexation. city of Northport and all municipalities within the state of Florida have the authority to say yes or no to a de-annexation based upon however that whatever the board of commissioners, whichever city, county, whatever, uh, feels. It was a 5-0 to zero vote of no on the de-annexation. This occurred at the end of April. And that, you know, to some would seem like the end of the end of the process. So you didn't get your de-annexation, so now it's no. But as we know from, from legal proceedings, there's a lot more to it than that. And essentially what has happened is um, a, an appeal from the West Villagers for Responsible Government. That's their uh, committee. They have appealed and essentially got the judge to look at it and the judge to review it. Now this is Judge Hunter Carroll from South County here in Sarasota County. He has been involved in some of the other proceedings that happened prior to that de-annexation meeting. And this came out just today that um, Judge Hunter Carroll has ruled that the city of Northport must provide a reason due cause for why they denied the de-annexation. So that's the ruling today coming from Judge Hunter Carroll here in, of uh, South County here in Sarasota County. So essentially what this is is that the city of Northport is having to provide a reason why they are they are denying the de-annexation. Now, in my opinion, there are reasons that I would see fit for their denial of the de-annexation. There was an extreme um, budget shortfall that the city would be facing. There was uh, issues with future development going on there. One of the things whenever you have a de development, whether it's homes, commercial, whatever it is, you have governments that have to approve it. So if, if you're if you are in the city of Northport and you're trying to build 
something the city of Northport has to approve it. The city of Northport has to approve the land use, zoning, whatever it may be. If you are just in Sarasota County, you only have to get Sarasota County's approval, not a city's approval if you live outside of any city limits. One of the snags here, if this de-annexation were to be approved, is that the developments, and there are a lot planned, I mean, Welland Park, the West Village is, is booming. If you drive by there, there is construction every single day and it's expanding. They have some great plans for a downtown area. Just the concept design of it that I've seen online looks so beautiful. Looks like such a nice area for our community, for our uh, city of Northport. So I just want to put that into perspective that there is a large amount of plans that are happening at West Villages, many of which have already been approved. You run into a potential snag where if this is if this goes through the de-annexation, part of those buildings and those future plans are now no longer within the city of Northport. They would be within Sarasota County. I should have mentioned earlier, but I'll mention now. Part of the uh, petition here by the West Villagers for responsible government is not just to de-annex their homes and their properties, but a huge swath of land to the west of River Road. That is uh, a lot of land that's owned now by the city of Northport. Some of it's not developed yet. Some of it has plans to be developed in the future. Some of it is has not gotten to that stage yet. But it is a large amount of land and it would really create a not just a legal battle but a potential battle of developers and other interests having to now ask a different governing body for permission to build for permission for their plans for construction and all that. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking, and I'm not a lawyer, but if you have approval from the city of Northport, you're good to go until maybe the land you're building on is no longer in the city of Northport anymore. Now you have to go ask Sarasota County for permission to build and develop. And I'm not saying that it would be denied or that there would be a problem, but I would anticipate delays in the projects. I would anticipate extra costs for those builders and, and other entities involved. And, um, you know, I'm not, you know, saying Ooh, poor developers, but it, it is something to take into consideration that this is more than just a group of people wanting to separate from the city. There are a lot of interests at play here on all sides of the aisle. And when you look at the, the de-annexation here and what the potential negatives for it are, one, I, I mentioned the budget shortfall would be a huge budget shortfall for the city of Northport over the next five to six years. That's what studies projected. You would have uh, the issues with the development. You'd have another issue of who's going to be responsible for fire and police because if that section of the uh, what used to be in the city is no longer in the city well why are we sending our city patrol people out there to go and patrol it you know send the sheriff's office over that's going to have to be an agreement that's worked out between the city and the county um, you have a, a really a lot at stake here depending on however it goes I mean if the de-annexation is ultimately denied and fails you really have no 
no change in what is currently happening. If it were to be successful, you have potentially a major change and a major shakeup in the city budget. And, and now the city's going to have to look at, okay, do we have to readjust our budget? Do we have to cut some, some services, some things in order to be able to afford our next five years? So that's just something to, to really keep in mind as, as far as that goes. But back to um, this ruling here, and, and again, this is just my opinion, what I gleaned from it. I'm not an attorney. What I understand from reading um, the summary of the ruling and, and the articles and, and other documents surrounding it, and I've, I've followed this throughout the, the process of it, is that the city of Northport has to show cause, a show cause order is the legal term for it, as to why they have denied the de-annexation. So again, end of April, City of Northport, 5-0 to zero vote to deny the de-annexation petition from the um, West Villagers, and now they have to do a show cause order. So the city has 30 days to respond to that, and subsequent to that, the West Villagers for responsible government will have another 20 days to respond to that. So those are the facts as to what they are. Um, after that, once both sides respond and say and do whatever they say and do, then it's up to the judge to either, you know, say that the city of Northport was justified and this is indeed a legitimate de denial of the de-annexation, or to continue on with hearings or other rulings. In this report from the judge, I just want to say I think it's important to say this part. The order by the judge to um, ask the city of Northport to do a show cause order is done based on other cases that have happened in the state of Florida. There are a number of cases cited in this order here in the summary, and this is all public record. You can go look at it online for yourself if you'd like to read it. Uh, essentially, this is um, it's done based on the way other cases have gone, and I feel like one of the things that happens is anytime these these news articles come out, and and I'm not blaming the journalists at all; they do a great job at the Herald Tribune. But anytime uh, an article comes out, people think, you know, ooh, this is major, you know, or this is drama, or this is this, or this is that. I don't necessarily know that we can sense that this, you know, order is going to go any any certain way. You know, I don't know that this is going to change the final outcome of the decision by the city of Northport. This is done, it would seem to me, based upon prior cases in the state of Florida and in rulings from that. And, and that's a lot of times what happens when you go through legal proceedings. You have other laws and cases that come into play and you have to you know be mindful of that and sort of you know make some of your decisions based on based on that I would guess in any event um, so the city of Northport has 30 days to respond to this the West Villagers rest villagers excuse me for responsible government has 20 days subsequent to that to respond to whatever the city of Northport says and we'll kind of see how it goes I think this is just, um, 
you know, it's going to be uh, something that is probably not going to end with however this is ruled. You know, I'll be honest with you. I think this will drag out to the bitter end one way or the other. And one of the things that's interesting that is part of the Herald Tribune article is that the attorney for the West Villagers has filed a separate motion to have the um, DNA or the denial, excuse me, of the denexation thrown out. Essentially, thrown out that that ruling was not, or that that um, decision was not made. So that's a separate motion, separate from this, and we'll see how that goes. I'm not quite sure whenever that's supposed to be heard or or dealt with. Um, you know, this is kind of one of those things that's turning into an expensive process on both sides. There's a bunch of lawyers that are going to get rich off of this. Um, and, it, and it's kind of just one of those things where it's, it's, you can almost see both sides of it, but you just kind of hope it, it resolves as efficiently as possible with as little damage as possible. So I'd love to hear your comments when this gets shared on Facebook, you know, what your thoughts are on the situation, what your thoughts are on the um, both sides of it and how you think it's going to go and what your opinion is. I think it's just, it's a really interesting battle. I guess interesting is probably not the right word for it. Some could consider it shameful almost that it came to this. I've been involved in city politics for uh, quite a while, over five years now in the city of Northport and I've seen a lot of stuff going on with uh, sort of the West Villages in the city of Northport and some, some dissension between both with one another. And I, I feel like at some point in time all of this could have been prevented, but maybe it was something that was inevitable and it couldn't have been. Um, who's to say? But it is what it is at this point, and we will see how it goes couple other things I want to mention uh, going on in local government. City of Northport has approved uh, direction to proceed with funding of the initial construction for War Mineral Springs. This is um, the portion that will um, take care of historic rep restoration of the buildings and improvements to the utilities in the parking lot of the facility. So this was not an official decision to approve those projects yet. It was just direction to the staff. Staff will bring forward a budget for the project, and it will come back in July on an, a city commission meeting. This was done um, at, a, at a special commission meeting. Direction was given to staff. Staff will come back with a budget in July, and then... Probably after that, it will um, get started and have to go out to, to bid to contractors to see who comes in with the best bid to do the job. This is all based upon a master plan that was uh, approved in April of 2019. Essentially, it's an entire project based on a really lengthy and detailed analysis of what War Mineral Springs is now, what it could become in the future, how to ensure it stays um, healthy and safe and that any improvements to it don't damage the water or anything else there and essentially there is a, an entire project laid out to be done in phases based upon 
whatever funding's available at the time. The ultimate plan has a couple features, walking trails, lookout towers, a canopy walk, a little market area, some picnic pavilions, and an education center. I think this is a lot of hard work that's gone into this. Warmerville Springs is truly an international destination, and I know some detractors will say that it costs the city money. It actually makes money every year. If you go look at the budget, Warm Mineral Springs is, I believe, the only park we have at this moment that turns a profit. So it is truly an international destination. And when people come here to visit, a lot of people from Europe come here to visit, a lot of people from out of the area, when they do that, they spend money here. They eat here. And if we have more market and other places there, you're probably going to have food there. You know, that's tax money that we get. That's tax money that this county gets. And we need that. It helps with our funding, helps with our budget. It's You get that penny tax that goes in there that can do a lot of things for you. So this is a, a great step towards that. And really looking forward to seeing how it turns out in the July meetings and seeing what sort of um, bids go out and, and, and all that stuff. I think it'll, it'll look uh, really great when it's all done. I really, really do. Now, we will move now into the My View segment of uh, Conversations with Corey. And, you know, what I plan on doing is at the end of every podcast, just ending with my view on something that's going on. And this is just, again, my opinion, my view. I try to make it as fact-based as possible, but, again, my opinion. And I'd love to hear yours uh, afterwards as well. So what I want to talk about is what I consider... um, the ugliness of politics, one of the major ugliness of politics in our society now. Nationally, nationally, locally, you can find it anywhere. And it is the disgusting display, what I consider to be a disgusting display, of how loud and boastful can you be to get whatever point it is you have across. And I'll use Marjorie Taylor Greene as an example. A colleague of hers, a fellow uh, representative, has a transgender daughter, and that representative was fighting for trans rights. So Mrs. Green decided to post a huge sign. Their offices are right down the hallway from one another. This um, other representative would very much see the sign that Marjorie Taylor Greene posted. Marjorie Taylor Greene posted a sign that said there are only two genders and cited a verse out of the Bible on that sign. And regardless of whether you are supportive of the trans community or not, of course I am and I believe you should be as well, but whether or not you are supportive of the trans community and whether or not you believe there are two genders or more or however you believe on this issue that's not the point the point is the ugliness of it there's no reason at all why you have to showboat and show your rear end every time you have an opinion on something and this is constantly what this woman does Marjorie Taylor Greene and others who have the same mindset as her. And the mindset is, I'm going to say what I have to say as loud and boastful as possible 
I don't care who I hurt. I don't care how I look. I don't care what I, what it looks like, what I say, how I say it, or how I do it. I'm going to just come out there, and whatever comes into my head is what's coming out. She also made comments that having to wear masks was equivalent to the Holocaust. Now again, whether or not you believe in masks or you know you thought they should have been worn or not, however you feel about that, to compare wearing a piece of cloth on your face to the genocide of millions is just utter disgrace. The way she talks and acts and those with the same mindset as her is so off base. What happened to a time when you did your job, did what you were supposed to do, and you left? Now it's all about who can create the headline. What can I say or do to get a headline? What can I say or do to put out to Twitter to rile my Twitter base up? And why are people so easily inspired by it? Why do we as a society get on Twitter and, and you know, I'm active on social media, but why do we as a society get on Twitter, get on Facebook, get on whatever, and we just, just fawn over elected officials regardless of what side of the aisle you're on and what they say and do as if they are somehow a celebrity. You know, she does this, and others with her same mindset do this because their base gets riled up, and it increases their chances of, of contributions and etc. for their, their re-elections. But why are we as people feeding into it? Why do we feed into this braggart behavior? It is utterly unbecoming and disgraceful for an elected official, or anyone, for that matter. And, you know, I'll just say, if you did that in a, in a job that you had, you know, you had a co-worker with a transgender daughter, and you posted a sign, you know, saying there are no more than two genders and all that stuff, you'd be having a visit with your human resources department. And unfortunately, there's really not something like that for Congress, but that's just my view on it. Um, I'm really tired of the, the arrogant, uh, braggart behavior by some elected officials. It's unbecoming and unnecessary. Do your job, be classy about it, and then leave. You don't need to make a show out of it or create a headline for yourself. It's just really really a shame some of these uh, new class of elected officials that we've got, uh, especially on the national spectrum. That's my view. I'd love to hear yours. Comment on Facebook or email Hutchinson at outlook.com with your thoughts on that. I appreciate you all listening. Thank you all so much. We'll have a new podcast out next week. I will release the topic on our Facebook a few days beforehand. Until I get the Facebook running up and running for this, uh, Follow me at Corey Hutchinson on Facebook or, again, Corey Hutchinson at Outlook.com. Thank you so much for joining. Have a great night, and I hope you and your families stay safe, stay healthy, and stay well.